If the Empire has this kind of power, what chance do we have? What chance do we have? The question is what choice? Run, hide, plead for mercy, scatter your forces. You give way to an enemy this evil with this much power, and you condemn the galaxy to an eternity of submission. The time to fight is now. Yes. Every moment you waste is another step closer to the ashes of Jeddah. What is she proposing? Just let the girl speak. Send your best troops to Scarif. Send the rebel fleet if you have to. You need to capture the Death Star plans if there's any hope of destroying it. You're asking us to invade an Imperial installation based on nothing but hope. Rebellions are built on hope. Welcome to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hawk, our hosts, Carl Leclerc, Jason Hunt, and Katie Horn, discuss all things Star Wars. So join the conversation and hang out here in the Wampa's Lair. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair podcast. This is episode number 336, Top 3 Rogue One Moments. I'm, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Cassian Andor and K2SO. To my cheer at him way, we have Carl LeClaire and Katie Horn. Hello! Katie, stop slapping me in the face. <laughs> never, never, ever in your life... <laughs> <laughs> I hope that becomes a running theme in the Cassian uh, streaming series. Yes. Oh my gosh. You just get slapped in the face constantly. Just quiet. <laughs> fresh one in it for you. I have a fresh one for you. <laughs> if you mouth off again. There's like, oh, there are certain things that I really need to be running gags in the Cassian, and it's yeah, it's him getting slapped in the face and him like unable to find his gloves. It's just that I want it. I really want it. <laughs> <laughs> guys, oh my gosh! Yes, are you guys in the mood for a top five? Yes. Yes. How about a top five about Rogue One? There we go. Oh, yeah, snap crackle! Yes. <laughs> So Jason reminded us at the end of our, our, our episode last week when we finished recording that, uh, you know, this was a while back, but we asked you all what movie you wanted us to do our top five on next. And we had a three-way tie between Empire, Revenge of the Sith, and Rogue One. And we did Empire soon after. We did Revenge of the Sith a little while back. And Jason's like, we got to do Rogue One. It's like, yeah. And none of us had watched Rogue One in a while, too. So it was a great, great reason to revisit this incredible movie. It's yeah. so good. It's so stupid good. I just, I, I'm. It's so good. I'm angry about it. <laughs> I'm just so you, like. I'm so like. Did you break some stuff dark tonight? Side. Yeah, I'll, you know it. Oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> no, I only break things when I'm happy. When oh, I'm right. angry, Got I just it. sit there with like my fist clenched, like, oh, <laughs> it's just so good. <laughs> ah! So she's, we we are uh, she's actually bleeding from her palms. Yeah, I can't my nails so hard. <laughs> to my palms. So we're actually we're doing something a little different with this top five. 
Um, we've noticed that we all tend to be a little long-winded. Um, we're all equally guilty what? for that. Yeah, I know. So from now on, when we do top fives, we're not going to do honorable mentions. And not only that, we're, we're mainly just going to dive into our top three moments and kind of like your classic old like VH1 top 10 music videos where they'll give you like, you know, nine through two. And then then they give you a bunch of honorable mentions. We're going to talk about our, our, our number three and number two, and then we'll mention two of our other favorites and then hop into number one. So it's essentially to conserve some time. Um, I have some ideas about how we can dive into more explicit moments from all the Star Wars movies, um, which I want to propose to the two of you off air a little bit later to bring in Ooh. hopefully this Intrigue. summer starting starting something. Um, it was uh, an idea I had while while chatting with the president of the Star Wars Club at the the place I work, Emily. She and I had a great conversation the other night and helped me spitball some ideas for the show. Which, by the way, I, I want to have her on this summer. So she's awesome. <gasps> she yes. really wants yeah. to be on. So um, I'm looking forward to having her on. Um, but uh, before we get into any of that, we did have one of the most ridiculously comical and fun matchups ever from oh our last episode. <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> the the thought of not having an invasion. Yeah. I can't breathe. <laughs> ah. It's impossible. <laughs> it can mean only one thing. I'm in love with you. <laughs> can you imagine? Oh my gosh, Co Bibble like confessing his love, and New Gunray's just like take him away. It's just no. <laughs> such a dismissive wave of his hand oh so i love it katie what was this incredible matchup you gave us from a little while back (laughs) our matchup was who wanted a fight between seal bibble and newt gunray which is just the most on brand thing for us to ever do ever (laughs) and i love it (laughs) it really is Oh my gosh! And we had a fantastic group of responses. The the kinds of answers we got were so on brand for our listening audience, our Larians, that it was glorious to witness. So thank you so much for um, all that. Larians are the best people. I love you guys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, what did they have to say, Jason? Oh man! Well, the the totals here. Um, I'll start with that. We we have. Uh, 16 for Newt Gunray and 8 for Sio Bibble. Um, we had, uh, you know, many responses. Some in favor of Sio Bibble was, uh, it, since he's always predicting an invasion, he's going to be ready for anything. <laughs> um, you know. That's so good. <laughs> <laughs> there was uh, some What did they say? Uh, they say, like, a broken clock is right twice a day, right? So if he's yes. always going, invasion, invasion, <laughs> eventually. Yes. <laughs> um, it, the, we also had the fact that Newt Gunray would shoot him or something. Um, <laughs> uh, and that, you know, Newt Gunray would do something with his ray gun. Um, it, yes, someone was clever Ooh, with the I last name. Yeah. Um, I think Michael Cohen said that uh, in this matchup, all of us lose, uh, but someone else said that all of us win because <laughs> of this matchup. So, um, yeah, but it was the kinds of responses we were getting were just glorious and amazing. Uh, someone on Twitter, I forget who it was, uh, she said, uh, New Gunray wins, and here is my empirical evidence. And she linked, uh, uh, she, she, she sent in a, a 
link to a piece of Newt Gunray fan art, and she said, no one makes fan art of Sio Bibble. <laughs> so, <laughs> empirically, Newt Gunray is the victor. I love it. <laughs> so, I love it. I'm mad. Is that true? Is there no is there no fan art of Sio Bibble? That's, that doesn't seem right. I don't, I don't know. I haven't looked myself. <laughs> but uh, it was so glorious, the responses <laughs> we were getting. And I really love it and thank everyone for that. But yes, Larry and Tally is 16 for Newt Gunray <laughs> and 8 for Seal Bibble. What wow. What do you guys say? I'm actually really surprised. I, I thought the Seal Bibble love was stronger. Maybe it's just because he lives so large in my heart. I, <laughs> I assume he lives well, large everywhere else. Well, you do have to constantly defend his existence to your uh, your beloved. That's true. He's, he never knows who's, or at least he pretends not to know who Sable Bibble is. He's like, who's that? And I fall for it 80% of the time. Or, you know, see a bit, uh, you know, you know who Sable Bibble is. You got me. <laughs> so yeah, I would vote for Sable Bibble probably just because, you know, my love would give him strength, but and he would fight with the strength of 10 Sable Bibbles plus two. <laughs> But uh, you know what? I feel like, you know, it'd be like an anime. He would, like, pull knives out of his beard and, like, (laughs) get new Gunray by surprise or something. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I feel like Seal Bibble, he'd surprise you. I I agree with the idea that he'd be ready for anything. Or just all like, hang on. Is that invasion? And then just, you're done. You're done, new Gunray. You're (laughs) done-zo. So that's me. That's that's my vote for Seal. Yeah, I, I actually also give it to to Sio Bibble. Um, but, yes, um, like not even not even a comparison. I mean, Newt Gunray's a straight coward. <laughs> that dude's got no no combat experience. He runs away from everything. Sio Bibble, while he's certainly not a like combat veteran, um, I don't remember who said this, but somebody made the comment. I think. I think it was on Facebook, but Sio Bibble has so much bent, like pent up <laughs> anger and resentment about this invasion. He's just going to unload on Newt Gunray, and <laughs> I think that's true. Like we don't see, and Sio Bibble has like he's he's got like audacity the way he like stands up to Newt Gunray in that scene of like you know the we're a democracy, the people have decided, you know, like tuck him away, you know. Um, Newt Gunray is like. He's a the dude's a coward, no doubt about it. He's and he wouldn't know what to do in a fight. Whereas Sio Bibble, <laughs> while he's no again no like, you know Jackie Chan of hand to hand combat, um, he's definitely gonna put the smack down on Newt Gunray. I don't think it's close at all. Sio Bibble he, for the win every time, ten he, times out of ten. <laughs> so he's, he's definitely um, you know in a higher weight class than Newt Gunray. Yeah, um, and a way better like beard class too. So, I, yeah, exactly. I, I think, love. I don't think Nemoidians can grow hair. Um, <laughs> That's true. That's, That's why they have the hats. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. Somebody said all Zia would have to do is knock off Newt Gunray's hat, and he would win. Um, <laughs> so that was definitely that was a vote for Co Bibble. Um, well, I, I cannot um, stand aside for my loyalty to Newt Gunray, so I'm going to have to part ways with you on this. I'm going to say Newt Gunray. <laughs> yes, he is a coward, but cowards also have a way out and always have a way of underhandedly finding the way to victory. So I think he might ah, have something victory. hidden in his, you know, ah, victory. 
you know, besides, he has the great line. He has to be able to say it at the end of this. Okay. Um, okay. I feel like he's got like a, a holdout blaster or something hidden in his the folds of his sleeves or, you know, something like that. Not to say that he would be able to use it effectively, but when you're close enough, you don't have to be super accurate. Um, so, <laughs> but um, yeah, I I feel like I also feel like he might pretend to offer a truce and poison the cups. Uh, you oh, know, the water. Oh, mm. Isle Kane, powder. <laughs> yes, he would. He. Oh he'd, my gosh! You know he. He'd find the the poison to to give to Seal Bibble, and uh, his his Dang. observation for invasion wouldn't you know cover poison. The, the, here's the my counter. are peaceful. Okay. Here, here's my counter to that, though. Let's not forget. Seal Bibble says it's outrageous. After three trials in the Supreme Court, Newt Gunray is still the whatever the I hell swear he of the Trade Federation. Yeah. Dude, that dude's pissed. He's not going to be drinking anything Newt oh, offers him. Yeah, he's, he's going like, to smack it down. Tossing- He's just going <laughs> to smack it down and be like, let's go. And then just tackle him to the floor. <laughs> like, you imagine, like, Seal, like, picks up the glass of wine, goes to drink it, and then just splashes it in his face. <laughs> over the eyes. He goes, prepare for invasion. <laughs> he, picks up, he, picks up the, he picks up the wine bottle and breaks it over the table. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I love this. But we would, end, we would definitely end up in a slap fight for sure. Um, this is the best podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is podcasting. This is podcasting. Oh, man. Well, that gives us a final tally here of 17 for Newt Gunray and 10 for CO Bibble. So uh, I love this so much. Thank you so much, Katie, for, for coming up with that matchup. You're very welcome. I would mm-hmm. also like to thank Katie for coming up with this matchup. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we've got a, a great poll for you at the end of the episode, um, so stay tuned for that. But I think now, Carl, we should uh, we should embark on our topic. I think you're right, Jason. We should embark on our topic of Rogue One. <gasps> ooh, 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 mysterious! I feel like the movie just started without a crawl. Wow. Huh. Uh, what? This is new and unfamiliar. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. So Rogue One, huh? Yeah. This is you know. Uh, it's we were talking with the three of us. We were talking obviously before we we started recording about um, you know, the movie in general. It sounds like the three of us hadn't watched it in quite a while. Um. And I was commenting to Jason uh, before Katie was able to join us that um, for me, pretty much all of my moments, I'll, I'll own this right now, are from the last third of the movie. And it's not because I don't like the rest of the movie. It's just the last third is just so darn good. When they get yeah. to Spirit, it's just like everything just keeps getting better and better and better. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, you know, there's something I was thinking about, too, bef- before we recorded today, uh, is even, even before I sat down to watch the movie tonight, um, right? Like, there's been a, both Solo and Rogue One have had drama around them, right? Um, Solo yeah, yeah. With, with firing the directors, Rogue One with having all these reshoots, right? And because of the Internet age, people just, like, freak out about it and immediately want to be pessimistic, I've, I've been listening through this podcast, Blockbuster, which, by the way, if you're not listening to this, you got to check this out. It is, it is probably my favorite oh. 
podcast production ever. Um, it, it is. It's, it's real a production. Good, I mean, it's basically like a radio drama of the story of George Lucas and Steven Spielberg and how they created mm. their empires. And it's, it's beautifully done. But anyway, like as you listen to that, it's again another reminder. And if you've ever read anything about the making of the original Star Wars, you will know how much of a chaotic mess that movie was. Right. The difference was, is you didn't have social media in 1976. Yeah. Uh, not a, yes. And on top of that, nobody gave a crap about the Star Wars either. No. But um, right. Right. So like this, this like this kind of, you know, knee jerk reaction of fans today. And I'll put myself in that camp because I know I've done it. But that knee jerk reaction on social media to be like, wait, they're having issues like this movie's going to suck. It's just like, whoa, wait a minute. Like. <laughs> This has been a common theme in Star Wars, <laughs> like, and not to mention probably countless other movies. Um, oh, yeah. So. Star Wars is like consistently held together with bubblegum and tape. Like, you know what I mean? Just yeah. like make the movie happen. Oh, no. And Sio Bibble's beard. Let's not forget what? that. And Sio Bibble's beard. Yes. That's, yes. that's the glue connecting yeah. us together. Like, you right. know how there's it's the dark and the light and the, you know, balance holding it together. That's Sio Bibble's beard. Yeah. <laughs> It's unthinkable. <laughs> you turn this thing around to look behind it, this is all you'll see is a mess of tape and wire and chewing gum. It's like, you know. Oh dear. Yeah. But yes. But but this movie, like, who cares? It came out great. <laughs> um I don't care what right? happened. Yeah, it, it, they made a great movie. Um so, I mean someday I'd love to hear the the whole story as to what went on with this because I don't think we've really gotten the full story yet. In anything, but in, with the making of it, but let's enjoy the movie. It's a fantastic movie, y'all. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, people love this movie, and as as well they should. So let's talk about some of our favorite moments. Yeah, um, the whole movie, you mean? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's tough not to. Um, Jason, why don't you kick this one off? All right. Well, uh, my number three moment. Um, this should come as no surprise and will probably kind of just set the tone for mm. the mm. way uh, this is going to go for me. Um, can be summarized in, in one five-word sentence. Let them pass in peace. Oh, yeah. Exactly <laughs> I'm just counting really quick. <laughs> I'm going to hold Jason. I'm going to hold him to this. Double check. Um, <laughs> but yes, I, <laughs> let them pass in peace. Uh, we, we've already kind of met Chirrut, but this is really his official introduction into the movie when he rescues Cassian and Jin from the Stormtrooper squad. Um, and we just get to see, you know, what he's capable of. Um, we already know he's a, a you know, Maybe Force-sensitive. We, we don't know for sure. Uh, but we know he's definitely a believer in the Force. And we've been told he's a guardian of the wills. Um, he's blind and he's, you know, using this staff like a maniac. Um, it, it's amazing. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's Donnie Yen for anybody who's interested. And he's known for, you know, his martial arts movies. Um, but... I, I love this moment because it really kind of showcases his skills um, and really gives us a great introduction to my favorite character of the whole movie. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little biased in this as well. So, um, but I, I was listening or watching the scene earlier today and I was listening to the music in it. Mm. Um, 
and it starts out with uh, you know that sort of like the the tribal kind of drums and everything going like we've been getting with you know the other battles going on here in Jeddah City. Uh, but then partway through, as he starts to to wind down the the initial battle, uh, the music switches to a really um, you know upbeat, uh, fast paced you know statement of the Guardians of the Wills theme. Um, which is a nice little call out. Um, and I just love that theme in general anyway. So it's one of my favorite pieces of music from this movie. So I really love the whole sequence. And then of course we get Bay's, uh, you know, coming in at the end and the interaction and the, the glimpse into the relationship between Shirit and Bay's that we have there. Um, and I'll end it, you know, the, the scene with, you know, when the, uh, partisan rebels go to take them away and they put the hood over Chirrut's head and he says, are you kidding me? I am blind. You know, <laughs> Like, why? 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 <laughs> Just, <laughs> hood. Um, so, I also love that, that it was that I, Donnie's, Donnie Yen's uh, idea to make Chirrut blind. Yes. I think that's so right. cool. That's really neat. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's good stuff. And the way that they um, they pull that off and pull off the way he he's able to interact with the world around him in this combat situation, and they showcase that is just really well done. Um, and it really gave us our first look in the films as to someone who is a follower of the Force, but is not necessarily Force sensitive, and it's not necessarily a Jedi or a Sith. And that was just something truly remarkable to see, um, especially for the first time. And he kind of, you know, set the bar pretty high as to what we could expect from these kinds of characters. Mm-hmm. So um, I I love I love Chirrut and I love the introduction here. You know, he he goes out trying to, you know, be very unthreatening and stuff, knowing full well what's about to go down. <laughs> um because he's definitely prepared for it. Uh, so, And then he just takes down the stormtroopers like it's nothing, including, you know, is your foot all right? You know, after he's just stabbed his stick into the guy, the soft part of the guy's upper foot. It's probably you know. the most fun he's had in a while, let's be real. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So I I love the whole sequence. Um and the the introduction of Chirrut and Baze with with this scene, you know, we we sort of met them initially, but this is really when we find out who they are. Um, and I, I love this scene, so that's why it's my number three. Nice, yeah, yeah. I, Good pick. I, I knew I could trust you to bring up this moment because <laughs> um, it's not a mine, sadly. But uh, I, I the, like you said, the music, the music when he's let them pass in peace. The way that music there, and again, I don't know enough about music, um, like the the ins and outs of theory. Um, this is where I need the my my favorite human in all the world, David W. Collins. Um, Wait, it's to, not Alden. Alden's like Alden's the love of my life. David W. Collins okay. is my favorite human. Um, That's true. You you know Alden has passed humanity for you, right? He's yeah, transcends it. <laughs> He, he is he is my. Are heart. you an angel? <laughs> it's more Are than you that. An angel? He's the blood that courses through my blood. Oh, <laughs> sorry, that's that's a bit intense. I'm sorry. Um, but anyway, when 
But that that musical note, though, it just there's something about it that reminds me of Yoda's theme. Um, and and again, I don't think they're like the same notes or anything. But there's just something about the feel of that music that immediately makes me think of Yoda's theme. Um, and like you said, Jason, too. I mean, he is the first, and in a way, really still only character in Star Wars. Although I guess you could you could argue Lyra as well. Um, but yes. but Chira Chira in a very profoundly explored way is the most faithful force person that's not a Jedi. Um, you know, uh, and, and I love that moment. And in a way, it kind of mirrors his final act in the film. Him just yeah. strutting into danger with nothing more than his confidence in the force, right? And as he announces, you know, you know, I, I, you know the force is with me and I'm with the force and all is as the force wills it. And he, he so ardently believes that, that he just strolls out in, like you said, Jason, he knows what's probably going to happen, but there's this confidence he takes with him, and it's a confidence that's rooted in his faith in the Force. And I think it's really beautiful that that's the way we're introduced to him, and then the way we're going to see him go out is in a very similar way, him strutting into danger with nothing more than his faith in the Force. Yeah. So. Yes. Definitely. For all is that the Force wills it. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. And then I love how when all the fighting's done, he just picks his favorite corpse and sits on it. (laughs) 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 Sits down on the stormtrooper's back. He's like, oh, all right, we're done. This'll do. Uh, It's still warm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, do you want me to go next? Sure, why not? Yeah. Cool. Um, So my number three, and Jason does this all the time, and I try never to do it, but I cheated a little. (laughs) Like when we do moments, what? Jason's like all of C-3PO and the Empire Strikes Back. It's like it's not a moment, yeah. but OK, <laughs> we'll go with it. Um, <laughs> I haven't done that in a while. True, but you've done it. So <laughs> and I love you for it. But um, you did it once. I'll never let you forget it. That's, <laughs> that's shit, buddy. Like, <laughs> well, so here's what I, I clump them together because they are they are kind of back to back, but I call it the speeches. So it's Jin's speech oh. to the to the Alliance Council, followed immediately okay. by Cassian's speech to her. Um, and I love Jin's speech, um, first and foremost, because it is kind of this, uh, this, um, this character climactic moment for Jin specifically in the sense that she has fully accepted her role in this story. She has fully accepted the legacy of her family and wants to act on that she wants to act on what her father has initiated she wants to make sure that they are able to destroy this instrument of death that her father in part is responsible for um and and i love it um and and this is obviously the clip we we put at the top of the episode but when everybody is kind of hemming and hawing about it and they says you know if the empire has this kind of power what chance do we have? And she immediately switches the narrative. It's not about chance. This is about choice, mm. right? She mm-hmm. switches the narrative to, are you going to just like sit back and acquiesce to this power? Or are you going to do something about it? Right? Like this is the heart of rebellion. And it's this, this beautiful moment where she really asserts this kind of moral authority over this, these squabbling delegates, Right. Um, all they see in front of them is is fear and how useless everything that they've been trying to build is. Now, to be fair, 
she immediately inspires several folks. Radis, um, who, by the way, I, I put this on Twitter today, but he is by leaps and bounds way better than Admiral Akbar. Um, I've always loved Akbar. <laughs> I say we fight. Akbar, Akbar is a coward compared to Radis. Come at me. Like, oh, it's we better. It's a trap. We got to run. And Radis is like, F this. Let's get after it. Um, but. Uh, Radis, Radis for hands down best Moncala ever. Yeah, um, he's he's pretty rad. That he's I, oh, I didn't even need to say that. Yeah. <laughs> In, oh, <laughs> he is pretty what? rad. Uh, uh, very funny. Um, he is in the um, the new Darth Vader comic. Um, there's a uh, a small arc within that where there's a battle on Mon for Mon Calamari. Um, when Darth Vader is, you know, is about a year into being Darth, and uh, King Lee Char, Admiral Radis, and Admiral Akbar are the the top three Moncala who are trying to resist the Empire, mm-hmm. and so they're all interacting together, which makes for, for some fun stuff. And Radis definitely gets to uh, have a trademark moment in the comics. So if anybody's interested, you should check that out. Yeah, but so cool. right. So she she has Radis has her back. Obviously, um, at, you know, uh, Bail Antilles has her back, um, and um, Bail Organa. Excuse me. Um, I used his maiden name, um, <laughs> but uh, and then obviously Mon Mothma has her back. But you know, the General Council isn't for it. But you know, what's great though is then Jin just leaves there still with that desire to take action. Right. And, and that's immediately recognized by by Bays and Chirrut, you know, like, um, oh, she wants to fight, you know, and then boom, you get this other incredible speech by Cassian. Um, and this this speech is why, like this, this is the speech that for Cassian um, that makes me want that TV series to explore his character more. You know, mm. we're saboteurs, assassins. We've all done terrible things in the name of the rebellion. Yeah. What are those terrible things? I'd love to see them. <laughs> and I'm, I think we're going to. <laughs> you just, you um, want to see people suffer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I hope there's a scandal involved. Um, but uh, she wants I, to watch people. You want to, who wants to watch people suffer and die while you discuss this invasion in a committee. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Um, but no. And, and, and I love Cassian's speech there, too, because this is that moment where. More than anything, who Jin inspires, which is most important of all, is Cassian. Now, we don't see Cassian in that scene when she's giving her speech. Um, we do get, oh, which this is probably my favorite moment with um, uh, um, Bodhi. Bodhi was when she's like, the time to fight is now. Yes. <laughs> like, I just love that when he says <laughs> yes. Yes. So good. So good. Bodhi is best boy, you guys. Bodhi. Um. I think if I ever get a dog, I need to name him Bodie because he's such a good boy. Yeah, that's a good dog too. But, you know, Cassian has certainly heard her. And like he says, you know, I believe you. Um, And, you know, he's it's this great moment where he lays out that there's a lot of shame there, I think, for Cassian in that moment. And like ashamed of a lot of what he's done. And. If this, it, you know, all these horrible deeds he's done, and literally we get a, his first instance in the film, we get a glimpse into the sort of shady business that guys like him have had to do, folks like him have had to do. And, you know, for Cassian, it's like, I, you know, I always told myself there was a reason. Now I've got a very explicit reason to keep fighting. 
and mm. and I love that. And then I loop it all into uh, at the end of that little speech when they all start to board, and Jin says, um, "I'm not used to people sticking around when things go bad." Welcome home, and right this mm. this story is about Jin finding her way back home, whatever that might mean. And in a way, the alliance is her home now, um, and Cassian helps her see that. So I love that line of welcome home. And then, of course, we get the great triumphant Rogue One theme as they march out. So um, yeah. that's my number three. Oh, that's, that's good. That's great. I love all of it, especially Cassian just laying it all out there is, I don't know, is like weirdly healing, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's like, it's one of those moments where you got to like draw the poison out almost, you know, for there to be healing, you know? It's like the first time he's been yeah. able to be honest in a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially because we see him in this movie, like, get these conflicting orders, you know? And and he has to exist in this really morally gray area. And, you know, and he tells Jin, oh, you're just in shock. You know, stuff like that. You know, he, yeah, he hasn't been able to live authentically. And seeing him finally do that is uh, it's really rewarding. Yeah, yeah. He, he finally mm-hmm. has rediscovered why he started fighting in the first place, what mm-hmm. he actually believes in. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's so good. It's yeah. so good. And yeah. of course, the best part of all of that is K2SO. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll be there. Ah, Cassian said I had to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yes, that's, that's a great great scene katie what about you what's your number three i feel kind of bad because my my number three is i feel like it's the lowest of low-hanging fruit but i would be so mad if we wasted this whole night without talking about the vader hallway scene Mm. ah yeah it's just so stupid good you know it's just yeah it's just cool. I mean, I understand how it's like, you know, what does this have to do with our characters? You know, our primary characters. It doesn't really have anything to do with the story. It's just kind of awesome to see the final push to get these plans into Leia's hands. And it really does underscore, you know, just how by the skin of their teeth this all is, you know, because yeah. you know, they, they've done everything they can to get the, the plans off the planet, but the mission's not done. It's not over because here just comes this train wreck of death. It's just, just barreling down the hallway and you can't stop it. You yep. can't slow it down. Mm-hmm. All, all you can do is, you know, is just get them through the door, you know, even find, Ugh. find a way to just barely keep ahead of it. Mm hmm. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it's just really good. This Very scene, this scene more than anything, is what connects yeah. uh, Rogue One to A New Hope. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, there's other stuff in the film that does too, but this one really yeah. um, is is the it, this is the driving action that leads us to the result that is A New Hope. So, um, it's yeah, it's real good stuff. I'm glad I'm glad you did mention it, Katie, because it's not on my list. Um, oh, okay, yeah. I, I I I think I would have shocked myself with a bit. The first time I saw the movie, it was my favorite part of the movie um, hmm. because the first time I saw the movie, I still wasn't sure what I saw, and I was like, oh, at least we got that badass Vader scene, like, <laughs> and it was so cool, right? And with the red eyes, yeah. I mean, everything about it is really cool. But as I fell in love with the movie and the characters of the movie, and Vader is very much 
a minor character in this film, if oh, yeah. that, right? Oh, yeah. Like he is, his role is pretty minuscule. He's not important to it, which is fine. It doesn't, and I think it's important that he's not because he would have overshadowed the movie. Um, I think they use him in just the right amounts. Um, but it's awesome. Like there's no doubt about it. Like he, yeah. he is, yeah. he's the monster, right? He, this is the monster that the rebellion is afraid of. Um, and he's just like, They've already thrown everything they can at them. Like you said, Katie, barely getting out with the skin of their teeth. Now this is what's after you. Like, you know, Krennic, oh, like, yeah, he's got a lot of connections. He's, 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 he's powerful. Tarkin's got a Death Star at his whims. But then you got Darth Vader, who's just like this pure monster. Um, and it's a great moment, no doubt about it. And, um, I mean, I love that moment of the movie every time I watch it, but... Um, because I'm so in love with the characters of the movie, like this, this has slipped lower and lower on my list of favorite things. Um, but and that's not, so and much that, to yeah, the, and the, that's not to yeah. like be disparaging about it. It's, it's great. Um, and I think it's cool too, because it, in a way it, it gives like Rogue One is the only Star Wars movie that kind of has like a prelude and an epilogue, right? Um, yeah. like you've got this intro scene that, I mean, it is, it is much more integral to the story than the Vader thing. Um, but it's kind of like this prelude, then you get the chunk of the story and then you get this epilogue of boy, everything they just, you know, worked so hard to do. Well, great. Now they've unleashed the monster. Um, Mm. so now this is also what they have to defeat. Oh crap. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh dear. I, jeez. Like Krennic was such low, like just small potatoes. (laughs) Right. 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 Um, and, and Katie, this is, this is a reason why I think you should uh, try and go back and reread Lords of the Sith. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah it's I because there's, there's a, a sequence like this. in this in the book right at the beginning where it's from. Yeah, it's right at the beginning where it's from um, Champs and Dula's forces as they're trying to, uh, you know, take a take over an Imperial ship and then Vader shows up mm-hmm. and it's it's basically just communication report reports back to you know the main squad who's hearing about all of this stuff and it keeps getting closer and closer to them while they're saying oh no oh no oh no (laughs) over and over again oh no oh no oh no oh no (laughs) it's real good it's real good so um yeah that that scene in the book was definitely inspired by this scene in rogue one and it is a fantastic sequence so in general um and then as far as uh, it's, it's placement with the story. It really is that epilogue that connects Rogue One to the original trilogy and makes Rogue One an indispensable part of the story. Mm-hmm. You know, um, because saga. <laughs> yes, it is now part of the saga as a whole. And we, because those plans get into Leia's hands, and that is where we pick up in A New Hope. So it's so good. It's such a good sequence. So. Good pick. I'm glad it was on your list. Thank so. you. You're an angel and we're glad you're here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, is it number two? It's yes. back to you, sir. Back to me. All right. Well, uh, you know, I just have one thing I need to tell everybody. Rebellions are built on hope. Ah! Uh, yes. I, I also have the, the gin speech. Because, Carl, I, I agree, this is really the climactic moment for Jin's character where she really believes uh, not only in the cause and the fact that the Empire and the Death Star need to be stopped, uh, 
but she believes that her, you know, in the mission of her father and in herself again, mm-hmm. that she's actually worth something. This is, this is all where everything comes together and everything starts to make sense and become crystal clear and focused for her. Like that kyber she wears around her neck. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, the strongest stars have hearts of Kyber, as Chirrut told her when they first met. And this is where we start to see that really rise out of Jin uh, and where she really starts to take ownership and believe it. Um, yeah. And and it really shows how much she has grown in such a short amount of time um, that this movie takes place over. Because, you know, we, we, we really get into her head for the first time when she's talking with saw and, you know, she says that line that always breaks my heart, you know, when he asks about, you know, the Imperial flags, seeing the Imperial flags mm-hmm. reigning Supreme. And she's like, you know, doesn't bother you if you don't look up, you know, that, yeah. that, yeah, that line always breaks my heart because it means she's, you know, given up essentially. And she's just existing. Um, mm-hmm. And now we come back, all the way around to this point where she's given this impassioned speech and it all comes to the, to a head when, you know, after she's told them, it's not, you know, not a chance. It's a choice. What choice do we have? Mm. And they're like, well, well, how do you expect us to do this? You know, you're asking us to do this based on hope. And she repeats that line that Cassian told her almost offhandedly in Jetta city. Rebellions are built on hope. And she says it in a way that you know she believes it now. You know, she's rediscovered what hope is. She's looking up. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And, you know, not only is it just, you know, an epic moment in the movie itself, because I really do think it is in, in its own way. It's a very epic and integral and incredible moment in the in the film. But it is also where we get to see that Jin has has changed her worldview, changed her viewpoint, has rediscovered hope, mm-hmm. rediscovered connection, you know, and and that's almost more important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such a good scene, um, and and I love it. And so I'm sure if Jim Capron was here, he would have a lot more to say on it than that than that. But. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But we do want to keep this episode to under two hours. So sorry, Jim. That's why we didn't invite you. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, that that's my number two. It, it's such a good, such a good scene. Obviously, since Carl already had it on his list. Um. <laughs> yeah, I I obviously enjoy it. So <laughs> yeah. No. Um. Well, shall I give my number two? Yeah. Yes. No, just pass Carl. He's okay, a fool. Pass. <laughs> skip him. Just skip me. I, it doesn't matter. I'll. I'll. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm calling my number two. Your father would be proud. Um, wow. And I, I essentially count it as literally like that entire piece of music and the backdrop of the film, which essentially starts right as she sends the plans. Um, and the things that really stand out to me in this these last moments of specifically again of Jin and Cassian because everyone else is dead at this point um 
you know, and I know I've talked about this in the past, but I love that line when Cassian says, you know, do you think anyone's listening? I do. Yeah. Someone's out there. Right. And, and I, I, that line has so many meanings. Um, I mean, for me, what it means is ultimately like Jin believes again, she's, she's recaptured the faith that her mother instilled in her at the beginning of the film. Um, someone's listening. So I think, and also, but, um, I made this comment on Twitter today. I, 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 it just like hit me today, like with the beginning of that movie of the movie with the fact that Lyra is this devout force believing person but her father is also this brilliant scientist so it's this beautiful mix of science and reason which are in integral parts of i think both experiences um and here in this this moment i think it's Jin both faithfully saying yes someone's out there someone's listening which i think in part is the will of the force but i think it's also yeah like they're gonna bring the shields coming down someone's gonna hear it so I think it's it's both and right. It's there's this practical reality of, yes, the rebellion is going to get this. And yes, it's going to matter. And more than that, the force is responding. And it even links back to that that moment when they're trying to land. Right. And Jin's holding on to that that keepsake her mother gave her the symbol of hope, the symbol of faith. Um, Jin's got that back at this point. Mm. Um, and I think she says it with such confidence almost like the the sort of confident faith that chirrut has that i think right. it really puts cassian at ease too um and i love that moment of them taking the elevator there's some great elevator scenes in star wars um One, yeah. yes <laughs> i figured yes. you could get behind me on that katie yeah um but it, and and the first few times i saw it there was kind of this impulse in me it's like oh they, they should kiss in this moment and mm-hmm. i think it's so damn perfect yeah. that they don't and i don't think I harden, I art, and I, I stand by this so hard. There is nothing romantic about that moment, and I think that's what makes it so much more beautiful. Um, okay. I think we live in a world where too often we just want to say everything has to be romantic love. No, there is something far more profound than romantic love, and it's still love. And I think that's what's happening in this moment is the way they look at each other. It's not like I want to kiss you. It's Thank you for bringing out the best in me. Thank you for giving me hope again. Thank you for making me believe. And there is just this this beautiful union of their souls in that moment. And then as they sit down there on that beach and, and Cassian assures her, your father would be proud. And she takes his hand and he willingly takes hers and then they embrace. It's Again, it's it's something so much more profound than romance. Um, and it's not to say that romance isn't profound. Um, but I think it's just something more than that. Um, there is this, this beautiful relationship between the two of them that somehow together they have rediscovered the best parts of themselves. And in that moment, they love each other for, for helping each other find that. Um, and I think that's what makes this moment so perfect to me is – in a way, it's, it's a very encapsulated version of one of my favorite themes in Star Wars, which is found family. And I think in this moment, they find – Cassian says it to her in the previous moment I talked about, welcome home. They find a home together. And this is what will save the galaxy, is this coming together of people who love each other. Um, and that's what we see in that moment, is the love of all the characters. True. I mean, to be fair, it's not just Cassian and Jin, right? Bodhi has it. Um, cheer it base they're all part of that story but in a very powerfully intimate way we see that as they they die together 
Um, and then I always – I think one of my favorite shots in the movie then is as we see the mushroom cloud from space and there's this like uh, like spark that flies off into space. To me, it's like, yes, that's the sort of love that was enacted out on that planet. Again, it, it's this uh, profound kind of love that's going to ignite the stars. Um, and it's just so beautiful. And it's uh, We've never had something like this in Star Wars before really. Um, so – that's my number two. Yeah. I love it so much. Yeah, it's going to be my number two as well as Jin and Cassian together. Just basically everything from you know being on the elevator together to being down on the beach together. Um, for me, yeah, it's a profound expression of empathy, which, mm. you know, love people. That's all Star Wars is, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what George said. Just love people. Just, you know, and um, when when we have that empathy when we look at another a person like that and understand them and accept them and exist in this world with them you know it, it breaks down those walls and uh and i think and it makes you bigger on the inside and that's what i see when jen and cassian look at each other you know they're both bigger for having each other in their lives you know and i and i would t- i talk about these walls that exist between us but then there's also like i don't know these there are these moments where you feel, you know, your heart open up. You feel mm. there's there are these caverns in there previously undiscovered, and then the wall breaks down and the light shines in, and and you know it's just filled with light. You know these places that you didn't know. You thought your heart was as full as it could have been, but then the wall breaks down and you realize it was way bigger than you could have imagined. You know, there's just so much space that you can fill up inside of you, and uh, and that's. That's what I see when, when, yeah, when that light fills the screen mm. with Jin and Cassie and just embracing is that, you know, their love is actually limitless. You know, mm-hmm. you could put a label on it, you know, it's romantic, whatever, but it's actually just limitless in this moment. And uh, uh, I'll get like super emotional if I watch the scene at the wrong time of day. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's. It's oh. really good. Um, it's not on my list, but I, I knew mm-hmm. at least one of you was going to be able to talk about <laughs> it. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, it it is very good, and and the title of the the you know the music track really kind of helps seal everything. There's so much going on without hardly anything being said, um, but then the the line that Cassian says, you know. Your father would be proud. Really, kind of puts a, a a nice little bow on it all, if that makes sense. Um, because it really is. That's part of why Jin is here. Is she's got to finish her father's mission, mm-hmm. and she was inspired and helped along by the likes of of Cassian and Bodhi and Chirrut and Bays and K two and everything and and. It it the mission succeeded even though they are not going to survive it. You know? More and they know that. that. They obviously right? know that. They they they've accepted the fact that, you know, this is this is the end. And at the end of it all, they're able to sit down, share this moment of, of genuine affection and and gratitude towards each other for helping them rediscover who they are. Each of them is. And Cassian is able to speak to 
what's deep in Jin and say, your father would be proud. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. And I just, I, I mean, I can't help but inevitably link this to, to the previous moment I talked about with the whole speech thing too. Like Cassian, I love when he gives the speech and he says, you know, um, you know, without that, we have no, we have no purpose. Um, Jin, who kind of rolls in kind of this, this new blood to the cause, if you will, mm. she reignites in him the passion of why he's doing this. How can you not love someone who does that for you, right? Like, um, yeah. I'm, I'm very informed by, like, what's even going on in my own, my own life right now. Like, I have some incredible people that I love so dearly who have helped me recapture some of the deepest purposes that I've always been about just by being themselves and, and them lighting this spark in you. And I, I just see that between Jin and Cassian. And I love the words you use, Katie, of limitlessness. Um, it is. There is. There are no limits to what they've given to one another. And oh, it's just, it's so beautiful. And I'm so thankful for this movie giving us something like that in a relationship. Yeah. It was, for me, when they were in the elevator... I actually thought to myself, don't kiss her. Mm. And then when he didn't, I was like, yes, <laughs> perfect. You know? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, I didn't want there to be that definition on it. I mean, maybe, maybe what they do have could have been romantic, mm-hmm. you know, but in this moment, I didn't want it to be defined, you know? Yeah. I yeah. just wanted it to be, you know, just limitless, limitless. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's a great that's word. The perfect mm-hmm. word. Great mm-hmm. word. Mm-hmm. Perfect word. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Um. Yeah. Ugh. So, ugh, I'm gonna. This, this moment can make me cry so hard. So, Jason, mm-hmm. what's your number one? <laughs> Jason. Uh, well, hold on, hold on. We got our. We've got our. Right. Um, our honorable mentions here that we oh, got to yeah. bring right. up. You're right. Um, you are right, sir. Do you want me to give both of mine? Yeah. Um. Okay. All right, um, I've got I've got two here that I'm gonna uh, spit out here real quick. They they would have been in my top five. Um, there's some honorable mentions here. Uh, number one, we've got uh, the Rebel Fleet arrival. Um, mm-hmm. It's just so cool and so awesome. And and the space battle in Rogue One is one of the best in Star Wars, hands down. Uh, but I just love the moment where we find out that you know this isn't you know. There's a bigger force, you know, uh, at play here that, that that we're not just sending our little strike team in on their own, that we the rebels are getting involved, mm-hmm. whether willingly or unwillingly um, as a whole is not the point. Admiral Raddus has decided to get involved. And let's just face it. Admiral Raddus is one of the greatest characters in this entire movie. So um, <laughs> I I love this moment because it, it's it ramps everything up and really kind of kicks off uh, a lot of what happens uh, for the, the rest of the battle. And I, that, and the fact that we, you know, got the surprise of red leader and gold leader um, worked into the movie was pretty cool too. So <laughs> I, I, ugh, I remember being in the theater and, and that was like the biggest fanboy reaction I had as far <laughs> as like, you know, Easter eggs to other um, other movies. I was like, I did not expect that to happen, <laughs> and that's so cool. Um, 
but yeah, no, that was that was really cool. Um, but yeah, I other than the fact that it's just awesome and epic and cool and radis, I don't really have any other reasons why that's my number in my honorable mentions. The other honorable mention I have is um, the Death Star at Jeddah, and this encapsulates, you know, since it happens over the over this, it, it encapsulates the message from Galen to Jin, um, as well as the interaction between Tarkin and Krennic on the Death Star um, and the whole escape, you know, sequence. You know, it's a longer sequence, but I really like the sequence. It's, you know, it's a terribly tragic sequence, obviously, because, mm. you know, Jeddah City is completely obliterated and Jin is shooken to her core um, by what she hears from her father. But the whole sequence, I think, is so key to the movie and so well done in all aspects of that sequence. I had to include it um, as one of my honorable mentions. So there we go. Nice. Like, well, I guess we should all go through our honorable mentions and we can hit our top mm-hmm. ones. Um, yeah. So my, 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 what would have been my number five is um, it kind of just the, the opening sequence um, mm. on Lamu, right? That's the name of that planet. The- Prologue, yes, Lamu. Um, I I just love it so much. Um, primarily because of the fact that in some in such a short scene, it does a great job of developing the relationship of this little family, um, and the profound love specifically between Jin and Galen. Um, and and I just love that so much because it's it's such a huge driving force for her character story throughout the rest of the film. Um, so I just I I. Thoroughly enjoy that so so very much, um, and also quick little side note, and 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 I, and I I don't mean to be like sound like a jerk here for a second. I think we all know I love the prequels, and I do, but mm-hmm. something that Disney has done so 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 well, and I will say that they definitely do better than the prequels in my opinion is great acting, um, and I think like moments like this, like this little moment between Galen and Jin at the beginning. You know, everything I do for you, I do it to protect you. I love you, Papa. And she throws her arms around him. I, I immediately buy it. Like, I immediately buy the, the profound love between these characters. Um, that's not something, like, that's something that we have to really work for with some of the stuff in the prequels. And I don't mean to be a jerk. I mean, I love them. Um, but, like, thinking of the little campfire scene in Solo. Like, I immediately buy the motives of characters so much quicker because of the great acting we've been getting in, Di- in the Disney films. Um so I just say that to point that out, not to be like, I hate the prequels. They suck. It's, you know, I love the prequels. I love them. They're great um, in their own way. Um, but this is like, this is a key moment where like great acting does so much to sell you. Um, and I also love in this moment, just the awesome stroll up of, of Krennic with the death troopers. It's great. <laughs> it looks so cool. And Galen's space under armor shirt is awesome. Um, I love it. I was waiting for that. <laughs> love it so. Much. I was waiting for. That. I really wish they'd sell that at the celebration store. Um, so, um, and then my other honorable mention is what I call the arrival of the Death Troopers, which is in the Battle of Scarif. Um, you know, you got that great music as they land, and the thing that always strikes me with that, and and this is this is my unsung hero of the Battle of Scarif is is Melshi. I love Melshi. I want an action figure of him so bad. Um, with, of course, removable hat, so he can pull his hat off as he's trying to hear you. Um, yes. <laughs> love that moment. Um, but as Melshi's trying to help his fallen comrade, and then he gets shot in the back, and the way the music is just so intense in that moment, it's like, 
holy crap, they're literally giving everything they can and they're just getting beat the hell back. Aww. You know, there's just something like so dire in that moment. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and I just, I enjoy it so darn much. So that's my other honor. That, that would have been my number. That would have been my number four. Um, what about you, Katie? What were your, what were your other, it's in the top. Uh, my honorable mentions are anything that is said with all capital letters. So, like, there is no Rogue One. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, of course, what is she proposing? Yes. <laughs> and we, <laughs> we stand upon my achievement, not yours. Yes. <laughs> that, that's, uh, that's my honorable mention. I thought I'd make it easier for you guys. Perfect. So, there you go. There we go. All right. We're down to number ones. Jason. Take it away. Uh, this should come as no surprise. Um, but my number one is going to be the Master Switch. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, Called it. it. Yeah, everyone should have. Um, <laughs> I'm very Unless you're a new listener. Jason, we can't expect everyone to know you. <laughs> right, right, right. But if you have been a longtime listener, uh, this, this is the most transparent number one pick I could have picked from this movie. Um, uh, I I love I love Chirrut so much, and this really is his transcendent moment. Mm. Uh, and it, this is where all of what he believes comes into physical practice in a way that he hasn't probably experienced in a long, long time. You know, and he hasn't had a purpose in a while like this since they destroyed the the temple on Jetta, you know, since the Empire took over and started extracting the kyber crystals from it. You know, that this is the moment where he really is able to not only live out a purpose that he has been without in a while, but he also inspires his companion and best friend, um, Baze, to reconnect uh in a spiritual way himself. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just so incredible where, you know, the, the battle's been raging, the death troopers have them pinned in such a way that nobody can move. We obviously we, we see Melshi is dead. The other uh rebel who was who had survived uh to that point with them gets shot the minute he steps out to try and mm-hmm. you know take the master switch. Uh and you know, Baze is you know, trapped like a, you know, is feeling cornered and is about ready to just, you know, do something rash, I think. Uh, and, and Chirrut just takes that moment to realize, no, this is my time. This is what I have to do. And just centers himself and, you know, has that chance, that mantra of, I'm one with the force, the force is with me, as he walks out and he doesn't stop. He doesn't let the firefight around him distract him. He doesn't let bays distract him um, until he gets out to the master switch and he's able to find what he needs to do to get the rebels on to the next stage of what they need and to you know take that next chance mm-hmm. um, and once that purpose is done he feels complete as we see in that, that smile that he has on his face as he turns back towards bays um, before he unfortunately meets his end, uh, and then I, I I don't think it this is complete uh, without talking about the fact that 
that Baze has his moment as well. Because Mm -hmm. these two are so intricately tied together. Um, And Baze's moment where he reconnects and is able to eliminate the rest of the Death Troopers is only because he's inspired by what Sheeret was able to do. You know, he would not have done otherwise um, if Sheeret hadn't made that that walk out to the master switch. Um, These are two of my favorite characters in Star Wars, period, and definitely my favorite characters in Rogue One. Um, There's a lot of really good characters in Rogue One, but these are my favorites. Um, (laughs) And so I... uh, It is just so perfect to me um, for these characters to go out the way they did. And it it's sad and yet fulfilling at the same time. Mm-hmm. No, um, yeah. that's this whole movie, sad, right? Yeah, yeah. But fulfilling right. at the same time, <laughs> it really is. You just tag that on the bottom of the of the DVD box. Like, oh my gosh, sad, but uh. sad but fulfilling. Uh, <sighs> yeah, so yeah, that's that's my number one. Um, <laughs> no surprise to any of us here yeah. on the podcast. It's beautiful. We see. I, I like the way you put it, Jason. Like he's he has the most profound purpose ever in this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like it's just this supremely profound trust in the Force. Um, and I, I know I've made this comment before, but it's almost like he walks out there and his faith just kind of envelopes him and that's why nothing can hit him right um you know uh just in that moment um you know it it, he's gonna complete his task and like that smile it's like this beatific smile of um profound joy and even even as he's dying there's this profound joy in knowing he did everything he could but more than that like you said he helps his his closest friend reconnect with his own faith Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's a great, it's a great moment. Just sad, crying and drinking. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, Carl. Yeah, what's your number one? Well, my number one is are you gonna make it, us. Are you gonna make us cry more? Nope, because I already got <laughs> oh. all the cry stuff out. Um, oh, okay. My number one is just I. I just love the shootout in the in the uh, cell tower. Um, Ooh, the, the, yeah. the shootout with Cassian and the Death Troopers and Krennic. It's my favorite part of this movie. It always has been. Um, Happening simultaneously with my master switch. Exactly. Sequence. Yeah. I mean, again, like this, the, this, like the last like ten fifteen minutes of this movie, everything is obviously so in, intricately intertwined. Um, but to like pull this, you know, that that moment with Sheeran is it's. I mean, it, it should be in my top five. I don't know why it's not, but it's, it's, I mean, it'd probably be number six, but, um, (laughs) the thing I, you know, the, the, my two favorite aspects of star Wars are our spirituality and playfulness. Um, and in a weird way, like, yes, it's, it's, it's an intense scene, but it's also very playful. And as I've said in the past, after seeing that movie, when it first came out a couple of years ago, um, I play on my stair banisters, 
often <laughs> pretending that I'm Cassie and I hang off the banister on my stairwell <laughs> and like shoot up the stairs <laughs> pretending that there are death troopers up there and my friend Ben. I mean, Krennic. Um, so, <laughs> um, you know, and oh man, I have, I have to have Ben come over and play with me. Um, oh, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, you've it, got the Nerf blaster for it. That's true. I, I do. Go, and, yeah. and Ben's got a Krennic costume now. So um, it'll be perfect. Now I'll just have to make Greg get a Death Trooper costume. He's got a helmet, I think, so we might be okay. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, I just love the moment if, so if much. If you do that, I need I need video or photographic evidence. Um, Embo can be one. Embo can be Jin. Um, so, that's my cat, in case you didn't know. Um, but no, I just I just love it. So I mean, it, this is one of those top you know top moments of mine that I don't have a profound explanation for. I just love it because it's so darn fun. Um, and again, yeah. like I said, it, 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 playfulness and spirituality in Star Wars, they're always kind of neck and neck. Um, but when there's something in a Star Wars movie that makes me want to go home and, and like play it or, or, you know, even, like that was always a profoundly important aspect of Star Wars as a, as a kid and my early experience of Star Wars. The fact that I still can have those moments as an adult makes those moments extra special to me. Um, and that's why this one takes the cake. Like Rogue One is full of these profoundly meaty, beautiful tragic sad but fulfilling moments um but it also has moments like this that are just fun to play um and and i like it you know i just cassian is a character that i adore so much because he is he's the swashbuckling hero of this movie just he's the han solo type character of this movie um i love his the look of him uh i love him without that jacket with the sleeves rolled up you know oh he he's, yeah. he's not trailing far behind alden i'll tell you that much <laughs> um and uh i just i just love this and we and we get to see the efficiency of this this assassin character in star wars i mean he takes out those death troopers like nothing and they've got the high ground um Krennic just gets a lucky <laughs> shot in because he's yelling to Jin because he cares more about Jin than killing Krennic. He's more concerned with saving what he loves than fighting what he hates. What? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> like, oh, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> so um that's my favorite moment in the film. That's good. No, that's fun. I I'm, I'm... <laughs> That's my Cassian nerf gun. I love it. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. I, I'm glad you brought that up. That's, that's just so, <laughs> um, there is a lot of fun action stuff in yeah. this movie. There's a ton of it. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad we got to talk about some of it. So, yeah. Ugh, so good. I mean, that's why that's why the, the fleet stuff was one of my honorable mentions. Yeah. There's some really awesome space battle stuff. Yeah, it's great. Real good stuff. Um, Katie, what's your favorite moment? I'm wondering if you guys can guess it because... <sighs> It's it, definitely one I've talked about before. It's I mean, predictable. I'm sorry. No, I, this is a sad thing. I honestly, I'm trying to really quickly revisit what you've already said. Because what I thought it would have been, I think you've already said. Um, oh, Gina, Gina Cassian already yeah, said, yeah. yeah. So that that's, one's really that, high up there. Yeah. That, I thought that would have uh, been your favorite. Um, yeah. The other one I, I'm thinking of, it might be uh, Galen's message. No. Oh, okay. Give us a hint. Give us, give us one hint and we'll I'll, try uh, no, I'll just okay. give it away. Okay, give it away then. So me. here's your hint. It's Leia. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Duh. <laughs> Jeez. I was trying to think of a hint that I could actually say that wouldn't like just give it away. Right. I was like, hope? No. No, that's <laughs> the whole movie. Oh, what could it be? What could it be? Like <laughs> a white dress. 
Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cinnamon roll. Ron Mothma. Ron Mothma, yeah. except yeah. she's not there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. How about I trust her with my life? There we go. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, that's a good hint. Oh, that's yeah. good. Uh, no, though, this I've talked about this scene before. Yeah. Um, but it just it really is just that big and important to me. Like it's it's big, like as a Star Wars moment, not, not just for this movie, but for, you know, we've talked about the saga, how this movie ties into the saga. It, this is a very meaningful moment. And and it really was when I saw Leia take those plans and, you know, what have they what have they brought us? And she says, hope I this that moment not only like coalesced the whole movie for me, but it coalesced like all me because um it really was like my mind was opening up like like the galaxy brain meme you know <laughs> like suddenly i could divine all of star wars because mm. it it was just so clear how all of these people who i'd come to love so much in such a short amount of time bays chirrut bodhi cassie and jen k2 all of them giving their lives just to play a small part in putting these plans in Leia's in Leia's hands. And at that moment, I, I could see all of star Wars coming together to bring peace to the galaxy and restore balance to the force, you know, cause it's not just about Luke, you know, of mm -hmm. course, Luke does his part and he plays this huge role in redeeming his father, but that's not all star Wars is. So many people just had to be exactly where they needed to be for peace to come to the galaxy and and the only reason all of these people were exactly where they needed to be the only reason the plans end up in luke's hands in, in just a, you know just a few short hours after they're in leia's is because you know luke is on tatooine and so <laughs> right after i saw rogue one i'm like standing in the movie theater lobby mascara tears on my face going you guys Klieg lars you guys Klieg lars <laughs> everybody's like what and I'm like, so the only reason Luke is on Tatooine is because Shmi and Klieg Lars loved each other. And just think about that, you know, this farmer, this moisture farmer who has nothing falls in love. You know, what can you imagine like what he had to do to like scrape enough money together to buy Shmi's freedom mm -hmm. so that they could be together, you know? When they made a family, and it's just that's so Star Wars to me is when we love and we fight for that love, the things that we care about, you know, in these very genuine, selfless, open ways. Not like Anakin fighting for Padme by killing younglings, but like Klieg Lars buying Shmi's freedom, you know? Yeah. That's when also love that you rope in uh, Attack of the Clones into this too. That's great, right? Yeah, <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh my gosh! So so yeah. When Leia turned around and she said, "Hope," I I just my brain went off and I was just crying and sobbing because Star Wars is so beautiful and speaks to themes that are so just very dear and important to me. These this idea that love endures ultimately. You know these small acts of love all come together to defeat the the biggest and greatest of evils you know mm. wow yeah. you guys yeah wow <laughs> yeah that's good stuff that's yeah. good stuff yeah. see you know i always kind of count that as part of the whole epilogue thing so that's sure. why i didn't yeah. think of it 
earlier mm-hmm. since you already had the Darth Vader sequence. Um, so I was like, uh, but yes, now that you've mentioned it, absolutely. I totally see why this is your number one. Yeah. And it is good. Cry. y'all. I got to cry. <laughs> so, uh, and I just, I love that perspective you just gave to it, Katie too, right? It, it took this story and made it such an, and, and with Leia's presence there, it makes mm-hmm. it so intimately intertwined with the saga. Um, and it's just yeah. so beautiful. It's so good. Um, that's great. What a great way to end this. <laughs> uh, it was sad drinking. <laughs> Pour me more wine. <laughs> oh, no, it's oh, it's so good. Um, I'm really glad there we got to talk about that. There's so much good know, in and, this movie, and that's what I was just thinking as I as I watched it tonight. And like I said, I hadn't watched it in a while. All I was thinking is, man, we got to talk some more Rogue One in the near future. Like, there's so much stuff in this movie that I would love to talk more about um, beyond just what we we discussed uh, in in this episode. Um, That being said, as always, with with top five episodes, please tell us some of your favorite moments from Rogue One. You know, comment when we we share this on social media. Tell us some of your favorite moments in the film. I'm sure we missed some of the ones that you love. Feel free to even tell us what you love about them so much. That's always always a great part of doing these types of episodes. Um, but before we go, um, just a quick, uh, you know, desperate plea from the sands of Scarif. If you are a somewhat new listener, you've never done this before, we could really use a new iTunes review. It's been a while again. Um, again, those just really help the show be more visible in the iTunes store. So if you've got a minute, maybe just head over to the to iTunes or really anywhere you listen to podcasts. And and write us a, a quick review if you if you have the t- if you have a moment, um, we we'd really appreciate it. Um, as as we're about to go out in a mushroom cloud, your review could fly up <laughs> into the stars and find its way into the hands of Leia. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> what is it they brought us? Like you, uh, the three of us are all gathered around. Oh, what is it they brought us? An iTunes review. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I guess I guess now it's it's Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> decided they're getting rid of iTunes on, on Mac devices. I don't know. It's strange. Okay. Um, anyways. You know what we need. Um, <laughs> yes. You, you know what we mean. <laughs> um, we'll still call it iTunes even five years after they've decided iTunes is no longer a thing. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, before we, we end this episode, though, we do have a poll that we would like uh, you all to weigh in on as well. And it will be topic related because – it's we're we're cohesive like that, folks. Um, <laughs> we want to know who your favorite character is from Rogue One. We may have done this poll a while back after Rogue One came out, but it's been a while. We've all had time to digest this movie, and we've got new listeners and new people. So you should you should tell us. So um, who's your favorite character from Rogue One? Uh, we'll post that on our social media and everything. And Carl, if people want to weigh in on the episode or weigh in on the poll, or anything else, where can they do that? Well, of course, you can follow us on Twitter, which I encourage you to do, at Wampas Lair. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook at Wampas Lair Podcast. And, of course, you can always email us at wampaslairpodcast at gmail.com. And, Katie, if people want to find their way into the soft white halls of the Tanif 4 and meet with you <laughs> and Leia, where do they yes. find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at Poe Hot Tamarin. Yes, come and sad drink with me and Leia. It'll be amazing. 
Oh, that's terrific. Um, we have anything else that we want to uh, get out there before we end this episode? Hope. <laughs> I was going to say, this yes. is a very sad but fulfilling episode. Yes. It, yes. <laughs> yes. And 100% dedicated to our faithful listener, Jim Capron. Yes. Um, Jim. <laughs> Love Jim. it, man. Jim All right. <laughs> Jim Urso. Yes. All right. All right. Well, that's going to close down this episode. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to episode 336 of the Wampas Lair podcast. Top three Rogue One moments for Carl and Katie. I'm Jason, and we will see you next time here in the Wampas Lair. <laughs>